Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come. Our first award goes to the vampires for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. for me to record another episode of my podcast, The Beautiful Dead. As always, I'm your host, Lena Nazari, and this is the last episode of July. Yes, I understand that July is not over with, but bear with me and I will explain all. If you'd like to reach out to me, go to lenanazari.com. It's the best place to find everything, appearances, how to reach out to me, all that stuff. I do check my email pretty much daily. That's lena at lenanazari.com. I get back to everybody. So if you've emailed me or sent me a message on social media and I haven't gotten back to you, it's probably lost. So go ahead and reach out again. I am taking a break. So this will be the last episode you see from me until the week after Labor Day. I know that's a, that's a chunk off, but I need a break. <laughs> I need a break. I am uh, sending a kid off to college, then I'm taking a much-deserved vacation. On top of that, I am I really need to work on the audiobook. I want to get that out by, you know, this fall, and I'm writing a fourth book that also really needs to get done. And so I needed to take a step back from something, and this is what I've chosen. But it's not because I want to give you guys less. In September, when I come back, we will be welcoming spooky season. Uh, the days will be getting longer. The air will be getting crisper. We'll be heading into spooky season, which I'm very excited about. And I have some amazing things planned for September and October. So I need to take some time to do some serious research and prepare for these episodes. So that's another reason I have to take a break because the quality is going to suffer if I don't take a break to prepare for these September and October episodes. Want to know what they're about? Well, you have to join my fanged family because those are the people who get alerts about my episodes, what the topics are before they come out. I'm going to put a link in the description so that you can see how to join my fanged family and then you can watch out for an email from me talking about what will be happening in September and October and why you should come back to me this fall. Also, follow me on social media so you can see pictures from my vacation in New Orleans. I'm, I'm really excited for that. As well as what's happening at these appearances. So we've got MementoCon in August. We've got DC in September. We've got a Monster Mania, which you guys might have just heard about, but my fanged family already knows about. Monster Mania is in November. Then I'll be doing uh, Nashville in December and back to New Orleans in January. So if you want to see what happens behind the scenes at my appearances, 
is, you want to see what it's like at, at one of these cons, you need to follow me on social media. Now, because I'm skipping August, I'm not going to skip the tarot reading. I don't want to leave you guys hanging like that. Plus, I myself would like a little bit of direction to see what's going to happen in August. So we're actually going to do the tarot poll now with August in mind so that I can see what I can look forward to in August or what I need to watch out for or what I need to focus on. June and July have left a lot to be desired. They've been difficult times, a little bit of trial and tribulation. So I'm really hoping that August, it feels like it's going to be a great month. I remember when I'm recording this, we're at the end of July. So I don't know yet what August is going to be like. But if you're watching this in August, hopefully I come back in September and I tell you it's been amazing. But let's go ahead. Let's pull our tarot card for August. Sorry for the noise. Ugh. <sighs> I know what I hope is going to happen in August, but we'll see what the cards tell us. All right. August. What, what do I need to know about August? The magician. The magician is about manifestation. Oh boy, that is exactly what I was hoping I was going to hear and see for August. Manifestation. New new creation, resourcefulness, being inspired, uh, sticking to your guns and seeing the results of all the work you've put into everything. The magician. Oh man, I'm excited about this. The magician, everybody. Manifestation. And boy, am I hoping that's what's going to happen. For those of you who know me, who have been with me for a while, I'm sure you know what I'm trying to manifest, but oh boy, oh boy, am I happy to see this one. Okay. Um, before we talk about our movie and wrap up, uh, July and head into a break, um, let me tell you about my vampire tea. So because it's July, I decided to do iced tea tonight and I have my little vampire, um, tumbler here. So I took a tack of the killer peach and I turned it into an iced tea and I have been sipping on it. It's green tea with peach in it. And I did it iced and whoo boy. So go check out my description for um, Vampire Tea Company because yum, yum, yum. Oh my gosh, this is really good. All right, we are going to be talking about a movie that popped up on a bunch of vampire comedy lists. I saw the image come up and it is one, it's one that I've seen many, many times. And I'm going to post it here on the YouTube video, but... Um, I'm sure you've seen it. If you type in vamp movie, it will probably pop up for you, but it's like a woman in body paint. And I, the image is so familiar. I didn't know if I had seen it or not. If it was one of those like cable movies I had watched, I had no idea. Um, but it is from the mid eighties. So I thought, well, this is a great way to end, uh, our vampire comedy month because you know, I love an eighties vampire comedy. So for those of you who have never watched this channel or listened to this podcast, massive spoiler alert. I am going to ruin everything. I, I review the movie and I talk about everything. You're going to know who dies by the end, who hooks up with who, everything. So massive spoiler alert. Uh, we're going to do a quick summary in case you've never seen the movie and you don't really care to and you just want to kind of know what it's about or you haven't seen the movie in a little while and you need a refresher. Let's just... Jump right in. Two college students, Keith and AJ, want to hire a stripper to buy their way into a campus fraternity. 
They borrow a Cadillac from lonely rich student Duncan, who insists on coming with them to scope out strip clubs in the nearby city. How many 80s comedies involved strip clubs and frat boys? My goodness. They um, head into this local, this nearby town, the three boys, and find themselves at a club in a shady part of town. And after being impressed by a surreally, surreal, surreally, surreally, <laughs> that's a mouthful, artistic stripper named Katrina, AJ visits her dressing room to try and convince her to come strip for their college party. Katrina pins him onto her waterbed filled with blood and then seduces AJ by massaging, licking, and gently biting his chest. After teasing him, she transforms into a vampire breaks one of his arms to keep him from fighting her off, and then kills him after biting deep into his neck. Keith becomes concerned at his friend's delay and gets help from a waitress named Amaretto, who keeps insisting to his confusion that she knows him. They search the neighborhood, and Keith is separated from her while trying to escape from both a psychotic albino street gang as well as from vampires throughout the area. While hiding in the dumpster, he finds AJ's discarded body, but when he calls the cops and returns to the club to accuse the owners, the vampires have preempted him by bringing AJ back to the club as the undead. AJ confesses to Keith he's now a vampire, and after realizing that Keith will not kill him and is willing to die for him, AJ stakes himself with a piece of broken furniture. Keith, Amaretto, and Duncan flee the club, but their car is rammed by vehicles driven by vampires. After escaping, they realize that Duncan has been turned into a vampire, and they abandon him in a burning car. The pair attempt to escape through the sewers as Amaretto breaks down and tells Keith that her real name is Allison, and AJ knows her from a game of Spin the Bottle when they are classmates in fifth grade. Aww. While they flee through the sewers, they discover and burn a nest of vampires, but Allison is grabbed and held hostage by Katrina. After an arrow to the face, after, I don't know why I laughed at that, after an arrow to the face being staked in the chest with a pipe failed to stop Katrina, Keith kills her by opening a grating, allowing the sunlight to destroy her. Before they can escape to the surface, they're trapped by Vlad, Katrina's vampire consort, until Vlad is staked from behind by the revived AJ, who sheepishly notes that he staked himself with Formica. As Keith and Allison climb to the surface, AJ remains in the sewers, calling out to him his ideas to go to night school or work a job on the graveyard shift. That's it. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. Um, that's really all that happens. I mean, there's a bunch of like lame jokes in between and shenanigans, but that, those are the main plot points there. All right, so let's do a little bit of a dive into this one. Vampiric references and crossovers. There's actually none. And this happens with a niche movie like this. Nobody in this really ever did any other vampire things. They don't refer to other vampires. It's very niche. Now, there was interesting trivia. So Grace Jones, who plays the, the head stripper and club owner and quote-unquote master vampire, um... She is played by Grace Jones, and Grace Jones does not speak a single word in this film. Well, when I looked into it, it turns out it was her idea, and it was actually inspired by Max Schreck's um, 
portrayal of Nosferatu. Like she was so moved by that. She thought it's so much more impactful if I never say a word. And there's this big dance sequence that she does with this like chair, like leopard chair thing. And it turns out that the human-like chair that she performs her striptease on was actually made from a body cast of her then-boyfriend, Dolph Lundgren. So I thought that was pretty interesting. All right, let's, let's do what we're here to talk about, and that is breaking down the vampire universe of the movie Vamp. The relationship to humans. There is a vamp gang that, like, terrorizes this part of town. The local humans make a point to shut their businesses down and get into the house, lock it down before nightfall. So obviously they understand that vampires exist. The club has humans that sort of help the vampires out by recognizing the perfect victim. So i.e. you come in, you're a loner, you're alone. So like truck drivers, people who aren't going to be missed. And then those humans will take them back for the vamps to feed on and then also help the vampires get rid of the bodies. Relationship to animals. We don't see any animals in this movie. And I paid close attention when they were in the sewers to see if there was going to be rats or anything like that. That being said, one of the guys who works the club does eat insects. So, I don't know, homage to Renfield? Possibly. Appearance. They look human until they vamp out. And when they vamp out, all the bones on their face grow, the fangs emerge, and so do the toenails and fingernails. They have bright yellow eyes. They kind of growl. They actually look to me more like werewolves than vampires. And I will post a picture so you can see what I'm talking about. The fangs. The fangs are retractable when they come out. It's almost like a new row of teeth emerges outside of the human teeth. Um, all of them are very long teeth with longer canines and sharp canines on the bottom as well. That's why I'm saying they kind of almost look like lycanthropic. Uh, I will definitely post something here so that you guys can see. Hopefully, if you're listening, you can describe in your head. But just think werewolf. Blood. That's a big, that's a big old yes. There is a lot of blood in this movie. Food. We never see the vampires eat. However, um, when the boys are at a diner right before they go to the club in the shady part of town, the, the thugs come in and they order coffee. So maybe the vampires drink coffee. I don't know. Or maybe they're just messing with the diner owner. Sunlight. That's a big nope. These are classic vamps. They are not going to sparkle in the sunlight. They do not have daylight rings. They cannot be in the sunlight. Uh, sleep. I'm actually going to address this later when we talk about rules, so bear with me. Holy items. One of the human business owners in the area does grab a big cross to protect himself as he's about to leave the diner and head home before the sun comes down, so it must work. All right, rules. There's no reflection. Pretty classic. We never see them enter a private residence, so I don't know if they have to be invited in. When AJ stakes himself, he says to his friend, remember, burn them or keep them from their coffins past sunrise. So that's an old one. It's an old belief that if you keep the vampire from being able to enter their coffin before the sun rises, that they will die wherever they are. So that's, that's an old, old one that I hadn't heard in a while. However, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. So... Hold on. Hold on to that thought.
powers. They're very strong. That's about it. They don't fly. They can't mesmerize. They're not super fast. Uh, they can't teleport. All I know is that they are strong. And if they mind their P's and Q's, they can live forever. That's it. Not the most exciting thing for a vampire. How are they made? So AJ is bitten and drained and he is dead. He is found in a dumpster dead. They throw the body in the dumpster. And then when the vamps realize that their, their friend is onto them, they grab the body and turn him. But we don't see how did he go from corpse to vampire? No clue. So if he had to drink the vampire's blood, how? He's dead. It's not like he can swallow blood. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you about that one. Sorry, guys. Um, heartbeat and breathing. Because we see AJ dead, like dead, 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 then I'm going to assume after he's turned that there's no heartbeat or breathing. So he was dead for like an hour or so, and then he was brought back. I'm going to bet his heart did not just suddenly start beating again. I'd wager a paycheck. No heartbeat, no breathing. How do they die? Okay, so sunlight we talked about. And a wooden stake to the heart. And in this world, it has to be a wooden stake. So we've seen in other worlds where, you know, they're impaled on a steel pipe or they're impaled by a, a wrought iron fence. And that works, but in this world, nope, it's got to be a wooden stake to the heart. Very specific. The younger vamps are burned with fire and die when they can't be in their coffins at sunrise. But the older ones, like this queen master vamp and her consort Vlad are still alive. And then she's burned by the sun and is nothing but like a charred skeleton at the end. And then he is staked. So... Do with that what you will. Then AJ shows up and he wasn't in his coffin at sunrise. So how is he still alive? Because he's like a brand spanking new vampire, like brand, brand new. So then what was the point of the whole, like, keep them from their coffins at sunrise thing? So they're not sticking to their own rules. I don't know what to tell you guys. I didn't write it. I'm just reporting it. Are they good or are they bad? So in this world, the vampires are all bad. Even the child vampire. There's a child vampire in this world. It's like a little girl with a doll. She's like six. She's bad. But then AJ's turned and he's willing to kill himself for his friends and protects his friends. So apparently you can choose to be a good vampire, but 99.5% of vampires choose to be bad. Again, I'm just reporting. All right. Tropes I love and tropes I hate. I love the vampire run business that is used to find victims. I love that trope. Um, we see it all the time. The strip club, the nightclub, the brothel. You know the trope. It's a classic. Hospital is another one that I've seen. So I love that idea. Um, tropes that I hate. This is not a trope, but... I hate when vampires, of uh, vampires, I hate when vampire movies, TV shows, books, don't stick to their own rules. I hate that. 
the implication, first off, it's just lazy writing, but the implication is that your audience is so dumb that they just won't pick up on it and they'll just accept whatever you throw at them. I hate that. You guys, my books, I have so many notes right up here to keep track of my own rules. I've reread my book multiple times, all three of them, to be sure I'm sticking in my own timeline, my own rules, my own everything. I hate when writers do not do that. Hate it. Now you know what gets Lena upset. I will call it out every time. And listen, my readers, they let me know. They let me know if there's any inconsistencies, anything. They let me know. And they have every right to do that. Moving on. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm fired up. This peach tea has got me fired up. The ratings. All right, the ratings. These are the last ratings for a while because September and October, we're setting aside the fiction and we are doing lore and history and real stuff. So this is the last ratings for a couple months. So let's do it. And we're gonna flip them backwards this time. We are gonna start with how sexy or alluring are the vampires of vamp? Sexiness plays a very big part in this world because the vampires are exotic dancers. This is how they lure their victims in, make them feel like they're safe. <clears throat> the men in the club are clearly very attracted to the vampires enough to go all by themselves back into the dressing room which is not smart boys and girls do not be alone with someone you don't know but um, I don't think it's because they're vampires and they have some kind of special power I think it's because they're hot chicks who got naked just saying uh, I don't think they have like special allures. The ones outside of the club that, that are like the gang clearly do not have any kind of special allure. The humans are immediately terrified of them. They're not drawn to them in any way, shape or form. Um, they just want blood. So the vampires might lure you back into their dressing room. But they are not gonna hook up with you. Listen, they're not gonna hook up with you, okay? They're gonna kill you and eat you and throw you in a dumpster. So they're hot, they use what they got, they use their uh, sexuality and they use the lust of their victims against them, um, but they're not gonna give it up. So four out of 10 onks for sexiness and allure. How scary or evil are the vampires of vamp? So there are a lot of vampires in this town. You have to keep that in mind. So much so that the humans run and lock up their businesses, lock up their houses and get inside before the sun goes down and just let the vampires have the town. The vampires have no problems turning children because we did see a child. They specifically are looking for people who will not be missed. <clears throat> they throw them in dumpsters once they're dead. God only knows what happens to the bodies. They use the sewers to get around. Um, and when the master vamps out, she is horrifying, okay? They seem to have an insatiable blood appetite. Like, they just keep feeding and feeding and feeding. Plus, you have to have a stake that is wooden. So we're narrowing down the ways that you can kill these vampires. It's a little more complicated than usual. Now, they are bound by the sun, and they don't have a ton of powers. They're not going to be able to mind control you. So we got to think about that. Plus, 
I think the rule is they have to be in their coffins at sunrise, possibly. So that does like bind them a little bit, but still solid vampires. Okay, I'll give them that. Set aside the 80s cheese and these are solid vampires. Seven out of 10 stakes to the heart for scariness and evil for the vampires of vamp. Good job, queen. That is solid. Okay, my thoughts. It's possible that at the time this movie was like kind of sexy and fun, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who love this movie. However, I am not one of them. Let's be honest. I didn't think it was sexy at all. I didn't think it was great even for the time. I checked my watch multiple times watching this movie like, oh my God, how much is left of this movie? It didn't hold my attention. I did not root for the humans or the vampires. Honestly, I didn't care about a single person in this movie. I was not at all involved in it. It felt like the story was very thin and it didn't even stick, it stick to its own rules. So I wasn't following the story at all. The whole thing was so flimsy. It just, it, it just is what it is, okay? The acting was bad even for the times, okay? And I did take that into account. This is a cheesy 80s horror comedy. You gotta take that into account. It just, it just wasn't good. The Vampire Strip Club had possibilities. It really did, but I feel like they, they, they left so much on the table. They had so many opportunities that they didn't take advantage of. If you wanna see what I'm talking about, watch Bordello of Blood, which is on my list. I am gonna do it in the future. Probably this year because it's one that I do love. Bordello of Blood, it's a brothel. It is, they use it perfectly. The way that you could really utilize this setting as a vampire film, they do it perfectly. And this movie just left a whole lot of opportunities out there and it's a real shame. I looked at the IMDb titles for this, like the review titles, cause you guys know how I love to do that. Even the review titles were boring, okay? I'm talking, for example, just awful, waste of time, quite dull. The nicest one was watchable, <laughs> just, it was watchable. I watched it. So boring. However, there was one use user, and if you ever watch this, please reach out to me. Um, the user's name is Centaro Tomahawk, and it sums it up perfectly. I couldn't have done it any better. This movie was perhaps intriguing and sensual at its time, but the overall impression is that it does not deliver anything it promises. It's not funny. It's not scary and by no means sexy. Perfect. I don't even have to rewrite it. That was, that was exactly, exactly, exactly. And that is all the time and attention I am giving this movie. It's already more than I want to. I'm kind of happy to put this one away. That wraps up the last episode before my break. I know it is a big break. I'm really, really sorry, but I need the time off. I hope you guys understand. I'm gonna be back in September. It's gonna be a great time to come back. It's autumn, it's spooky season, it's my birthday. I'm really excited and I'm gonna come back um, more refreshed, but also with some amazing episodes for you guys. Please, I, please come back because I promise you, these are gonna be good. So subscribe. 
turn on your alerts, turn on your notifications so you can see when these things pop. Join my Fanged family so that um, you can get an email from me. I'm gonna do it in, a, in about a week or so when I've had a second to breathe. I'm gonna send out an email to my Fanged family letting them know what is upcoming in September and October and why you guys should come back with me and, and be a part of the real vampire history and lore. We'll take a step away from the fictional stuff. This is my favorite time of year. These are my favorite episodes to do. So I'm really, really excited because this is the first time I'm doing it with the YouTube channel. So now I have video to go along with it and I am very, very excited about that. In the meantime, um, go check out Vampire Tea. Grab your tea so that when you come back in September, um, you can make vampire tea along with me. Um, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your summer, that you guys are being safe, you're happy and healthy. I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.